Welcome to another place in time Where one day you'll be dead or you'll survive Hello everybody and welcome to Dead or Survive. I am your host, Rob Riches. And I'm your other host, Cheryl Riches. Oh, changed it from the last time. <laughs> Take three. <laughs> so we've only been doing this for 22 episodes, and it still only takes us 30 minutes just to get the intro right. <laughs> Make sure the computer's ready. That's okay, though. We're good now. Yes. It, was only, it was only a minute last. You know, if somebody would like to advertise with us and uh, buy buy stuff or, or give us money to, you know, to do things, we'd hire an intern, and this would be so much smoother. It would be. Last week, <laughs> last week was the worst. Oh, yeah, I forgot about last week. Last week, we went and recorded the whole thing, and then somehow we lost half of it, and we had to re-record re some stuff. It that's was, not fun. It was bad. That's probably the second time. we've. That's only the second time we've had to do that. That's not too bad. Really, for, like, not knowing complete anything. newbies that we are, it's not so bad. It's not so bad. I'll give you a pass on that. Yeah. <laughs> but if it ever happens again, I'm replacing you. <laughs> Some unpaid intern is going to take over. I don't know. I'm just replacing you. <laughs> I don't know how. I haven't got a plan in place. You're just out. All right. Well, we'll see. <laughs> Maybe you can take this part over and I'll just sit over there. No, that was not the deal. We made a deal. My drink. Sit my drink. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's not part of the deal. The deal was, can you do this if we do this? And you said, of course I can. And I I get there eventually. Yes, you do. After we re-record it. <laughs> yeah. How's your week been? It's been good. It was nice going out last night, having like real life, real life. Yeah, we've been having some real life, but yeah, last night was pretty good. We got some live concerts. Got to yeah. hook up with some uh, friends that we haven't seen for a while, and of course our uh, our ride or die friends that go everywhere with us. So it was good. Yeah. It was good, and like everybody was there, and everybody was having a good time, and people were dancing, and it's the first time that I felt like maybe true, maybe we're getting past right, this. Yeah, for the last two years, and then tomorrow, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. let's push the big red button, mass on. I don't know. Yeah, it was good. It was good to get out and stuff like that. And then even today, we were out with uh, with your with Mama Wilson again. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, doing a little traveling around. and went to had a little ice cream at twins down in port rowan ontario yeah, they're trying to find a house near us so they've been making their way over here a few times in the last little while looking at houses but yeah we got out and got to a restaurant and again a little bit more real life i travel around look at some wildlife checked out some birds yeah went down by the lake it was a good weekend it good was. weekend good quiet weekend even though we had to work saturday morning bleh. yeah at least it got us up and out of bed this I is guess. true <laughs> let's go with that yeah <laughs> anyways uh, enough of that. Anything else important happening in your life other than, you know, being with me and making yourself feel wonderful because you're I'm, with me? Well, I'm very excited about my concert on Tuesday. Oh, you are. You are yes. going to a concert. Yes. Can I tell my, uh, can I, I, so Cheryl was supposed to go to this concert and then COVID hit. Yes. And the concert she's supposed to go see is Airborne Toxic Event. Yes. So I like telling everybody that Airborne Toxic Event was canceled due to an Airborne Toxic Event. But now it's back on. <laughs> it's back on. So she is quite stoked about this. Yeah, I've been waiting a long time to see them. So She tried to drag me into it, but I was successful in navigating my way out of it. <laughs> That's what sister-in-laws are for, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Thank her for saving me and making you happy. <laughs> True. 
But uh, yeah, and then you got your concert, and then uh, some Easter action with the Fam Jam. Yeah, but I guess. And then I... we have uh, lots of recording we got to do. Yeah. True so story. We'll have a bunch of more All stories coming stories. out. Um, again, we're gonna get more uh, more uh, active on Facebook, so we got some time coming up where we're gonna focus on all that. So yeah, stay tuned. We will keep you informed. But now that all the good times, pleasantries, and stuff are over, you got a story. I do. Yep, I do. Yep, you do. You don't seem like you well, because my. Oh were, my were, god! You, you lost your story. No, you had uh, the iPad I'm over timed here out. Sipping my drink. That's who's sipping the drink. <laughs> we were talking too long. My iPad timed out. It's oh, back up. We're well, good. I try to avoid talking to you as much as possible. <laughs> I really do. I got it all. We're good. You're good. Uh-huh. All right. You got your drink. Mm-hmm. So you got your story. I do. Sorry, okay. I was drinking my drink. Drinking I'm... your drink, Jesus woman. <laughs> I got my story. I got my drink. I'm good to go. <laughs> Let her rip potato chip. <laughs> okay. I am going to talk about Chris and Doug Wells this week. Oh my God, I know this story. You do? No. No, I didn't think so. Okay, I've given you a couple weeks off, right? No, you're going to do this? <laughs> Buckle up, everybody. Buckle up. <laughs> <laughs> danger, danger. We're going to go back into it. We're going to no. dive into the darkness a little bit here. Down the rabbit hole we <laughs> <Yeah>. go. <laughs> this uh survival story is about chris and doug that i already said but i'm gonna start by telling you about their attacker and his name is wayne nance no middle name I, there was i didn't write it down how can be a serial killer without a middle name you just how told do you me. know it's a silly serial killer well i guess i don't but he is <laughs> so what's his middle name <laughs> i don't know <laughs> I don't know. It did say it one time, but most of the time it just refers to him as Wayne Nance. So I don't know. Maybe because he has such an unusual name, he's not going to get confused with. Yeah, because Wayne's really unusual. Nance is a weird last name that you don't hear very often. Okay. Carry on with your story. So Wayne was born on October 18th in 1955 in Missoula, Montana. He grew up in a mobile home outside of town with a father employed as a truck driver and a woman who worked as a, his mother was a waitress. Sorry. He was a latchkey kid who excelled at school. He, um, he was considered a bit peculiar around town, but mostly well-liked, like no, no, no red flags going up. However, at the age of 18, Wayne Nance committed his first murder. Don't they always say that? Oh, he was so normal. Yeah, oh, I, I cannot know. imagine well, that. He would ever do that. It's because they're sociopaths and they just try to mimic how other people feel, right? So they try their entire lives are spent trying to look normal to everybody else. Yeah, like look normal like everybody else. Right. Right. Just copy what they say. <laughs> okay, sociopath. Okay. <laughs> okay. So living several houses down from Nance was the Pounds family. And he actually visited the Pounds family quite often. They were friends of the family or whatever. I'm not sure what he was doing there. They were uh, The Pound family was religious. I don't know if he was going there for religious reasons or whatever. but Maybe he just liked the way the family was formed and being a latchkey kid that he actually looked at them as a normal family and a mom and a father there bonding with their children. Could be, but who knows in this mind of a serial killer, right? I'm just telling you that's what I would look for. Right. Um, that's what I'd look for. So Wayne snuck into the Pound's house and found their 22 caliber gun. Donna, the wife, was home alone. Wayne tied her up, raped her, and then led her into the basement and fired five bullets into her head. At 18? At 18 years old. Yep. Yeah. Actually, that's latently for a lot of serial killers. 
Yeah, they usually start with animals and start yeah. to throw up some red flags and they're killing That's and true. skinning animals. Yeah. They almost just hit a switch at 18 and go, click. Oh, who let's knows go what rape he was somebody. doing before that? This is all I know he was doing. Well, I know, but yeah. I'm just saying when they're saying there was no red flags, right? right? Yeah. Like if you look at Jeffrey Dahmer and you right. look at the, some yeah. of the, the great cases, they the, say there they, was animals pinned up, there was this pinned up. Head injuries. Um, there's the, the trifecta. I can't think of what they are, but. Well, I don't know either, but Anyways, you can go on with your story. Here I am. Um, when a neighbor told the police that he had seen Wayne at the house the night of the murder. So police went over and they're like, were you there? And he denied being, having any involvement. He said that he'd been sick in bed all day long. Police executed a search warrant for his house and discovered a pair of bloodstained underwear, which had recently been washed. While the bloodstain was identified as coming from a human, they could not determine who it had come from. So... They also found out that Donna's husband, Harvey, had been having an affair, which made him a suspect in the murder. So a lot of the, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Suspicions went from Wayne to Harvey because of the affair and whatever, even though they found bloodstained underwear in his house. Um, they didn't have enough evidence. He was still a strong suspect, but they weren't able to arrest Wayne Nance, and the case ended up going cold. Five years later, in 1979, the body of a raped and stabbed teenage girl was found near Beavertail Hill by railroad workers near the I-90 in Missoula. 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 So, just while I'm interrupting you anyways. Okay. Uh, serial killers. They're saying the three things that um, or the... The idea of the three signs that can indicate whether someone will grow to be into a serial killer or not. Bedwetting. That's one of them, right? Right. So um, being cruel or abusive to animals, especially pets, setting fires to objects or otherwise committing minor acts of arson right, and yeah. regularly wetting the bed. And a head injury, I think, is another one that's not included well, there. But there's it's only a... three. You said <laughs> yeah. The uh, arson one hasn't been one that I've heard a lot. I've heard the head injury, bedwetting, and hurting animals well this Anyways. was this one was published in 1963 and they're saying it's the most um in-depth one but maybe moving on anyways anyways all little signs you should watch for from your neighborhood children i guess <laughs> <laughs> okay back to the stabbed girl that they found uh she didn't miss she didn't match any missing persons reports so they named her betty beavertail because that's where she was found and until 1985, they didn't know who she was. So that was her name. In 1985, they identified her as 15-year-old Seattle runaway Devana Nelson. In 1984, Nance was working at a bouncer, as a bouncer at the Missoula's Cabin Bar. He was also dating a 16-year-old drifter named Marcella Bachman. People didn't know her as Marcella, though. They knew her as Robin. That's what she went by. The couple announced that they would leave town in September and start anew somewhere else. So they, they're telling everybody, and I'm sure Robin believed, that they were leaving to start a family somewhere. And they were all happy and everything was going to be good, right? Bum, 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 bum. Right. Just shy of three months later, a wildlife photographer trudging through the woodland of Missoula came across... <gasps> Let me guess, a Robin. No. Well, true. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, poking out of the earth was a human foot. Police arrived at the scene and unearthed the body of a young woman. 
at this point, they didn't know it was Robin because, again, there's no missing persons report. I guess when you murder somebody, you don't report a missing persons. No, that's not usually the first thing they do. They did know that she'd been shot in the head three times. And when they discovered her, that she'd been, they knew that she'd been decomposing for about three months. And they named her Debbie Deer Creek until they could identify her in 2006 with DNA. Wow. Why so long for her? I don't know. Like, when did DNA become really accurate and and used widely? I thought it came back. I thought it was pretty starting to be pretty good in in the early eighties, nineties. But yeah. who knows? What do I know? I don't know. I don't know why, but that's maybe maybe she didn't have any other friends or family to identify who she was. Like, maybe they knew that he had murdered her, but couldn't find out who Robin was, right? Then in September of 1985, a bear hunter found skeletal remains scattered across the hillside of West Missoula. She had two bullets lodged into her skull. She had no personal items which could identify her, and she became known as Crystal, Christy, Christy Crystal Creek. <laughs> That's a tongue twister. <laughs> um, so the advent of DNA testing um, became in 1985. Okay, so and in 1987, the United States first used DNA testing in the case of Tommy Andrews, oh. a Florida rapist. Oh, wow! And so, yeah, there was quite a few years, but listen to this one this one, Christy Crystal Creek. It wasn't until May of 2021. Really, who what was her name? Her real name? No, what was the, what was the name they gave her? Christy Crystal Creek. Are you just trying to make me say <laughs> the tongue twister over and over? Yeah. <laughs> And make sure our audience know who she was. Well, her real name was Janet Lee, Lee Janet Lee Lucas, and this is sad. She, well, that wasn't much better than the Crystal Creek Christie. <laughs> Janet Lee grew up in California in Washington, and she had a son who was five years old when she vanished. And her son spent oh, much sucks. worst part is that her son spent much of his adult life searching for his mother. Yeah, do you think? Yeah. And then he probably also had to grow up in foster homes and get yeah, pushed around. Who, and, who knows? It was probably uh, just bad news everywhere. All right. This part's probably the worst. <laughs> of course it is. Okay. On December 12th, Mike and Teresa Shook had just eaten dinner and their three small children with their three small children when they heard a violent knock on the front door. When Mike opened the door, Wayne lunged at him with a butcher knife, stabbing him to death. Teresa was dragged to the bedroom where she was tied up and then raped and stabbed to death. Afterwards, Nance set house to the fire to try to conceal set the evidence. house to what? He set the house on fire. What did I, I say? Not that. <laughs> okay, he set the house on fire. You know why I know? Because I interrupted you and went, what? <laughs> what you talk about over there? <laughs> to try and conceal the evidence and probably to try and kill the children, which he didn't do, which I'm surprised. Um, it's good. The kids all lived. They all survived. Um, but how did they survive that? Well, somebody saw that their house was on fire and called 911 and then the fire trucks and police got there and saved them. They were all unconscious when, when they got there and they pulled them all out of the house unconscious, but they all lived. That's pretty good. Yeah. They now, of course, right now though, they're orphans and well, yeah, anyways, that's, but there's no sign of Wayne. They keep, they don't know who it is, but they start calling this guy that they don't know who it is, the Missoula Mauler. That's what his serial killer name is. Ooh, hope he gets a rewrite in the movie. 
That's a horrible name. <laughs> well, it's the name that's going to stick with him because it's like a pretty widely known name for him. Um, but Wayne just went about his life like it was normal. He got a job at a furniture store where he worked at, uh, as a delivery driver. And he was that typical kind of, we already went over this, but I wrote it in my story where you don't suspect the guy. Oh, I've worked with that guy for years. I would have never thought, whatever, right? He was that guy. I was married with him and we had three dogs. And some <laughs> right, fish and right. Blah, blah, blah. He was handsome and charming. And so people kind of just never looked at him like he might be shady. Okay. Let's get back to the survival part. Yeah, that was a long introduction for. <laughs> yeah. <wow. laughs> I'm giving you a background. While Wayne was working at the furniture store, he got to know his supervisor a bit, who was Doug Wells. What Doug didn't know was that Wayne had developed a thing for his wife, Chris. He had a crush on his wife. When a serial killer has a crush on your wife, that's never good news. It depends if the insurance is paid off. <laughs> oh, shit. So on September 3rd, 1986, around midnight. I'm just saying, you, you paint everything with a negative brush. Maybe there's some positives. I don't think that's there's any positive in killing people like serial murder. I just don't think that's a thing. Other than we're getting a podcast out of it, I guess. See? There's a positive <laughs> thing. Um, anyways. Crush so, on his wife. Right. So on September 3rd, 1986, around midnight... Doug sees somebody sneaking around in his bushes outside the house. So he goes outside to see what's up and he finds Wayne Nance in his bushes. Wayne claims that he was driving by and stopped when he saw somebody peeking into the windows of the house. So Wayne asks Doug if he has a flashlight. So Doug's like, yeah, I'll go get it. And he goes inside to get the flashlight. And when he turns and gets inside, Nance pistol whipped him and knocked him like bashed his head with a pistol and knocked him onto the ground. Um, Chris, his wife, comes running out to see what's going on and finds her husband bleeding all over the floor and Wayne's there with a gun pointed at him and Chris orders her at gunpoint to tie her husband up. So she does. She ties him up and then um, Wayne ties up Chris and drags her up to the second, the second level where the bedroom is and he tied her to the bed before ordering Doug to go back into the basement. So Wayne goes down to the basement and ties Doug up to a pole. And then he stabs Doug in the chest with an eight inch knife. Okay. So she tied her husband up. Right. He walked both of them upstairs. Right. Tied her up to the bed, right. to the bed and then took her husband back down the stairs. Right. And he probably said like, and stabbed him. right. Okay. But he was probably like, if you try to escape, I'm going to kill your husband, whatever, all, all the things that they say. Right. So he stabs, he's stabbed in the chest and Wayne thinks that D Doug is dead and he returns upstairs to the bedroom, but he missed Doug's heart by about an inch and Doug is a gunsmith. So he knows a little thing about guns, right? He knows a thing or two about guns. So Doug is bleeding everywhere with his giant gash in his chest and he manages to untie himself. He gets his shotgun and he loads it. And he starts stumbling up to the second story where towards the bedroom. But Wayne can hear him coming up the stairs. So he comes out into the hallway to investigate. Um, the two men started to fight and Doug manages to shoot Wayne. And they, while they're fighting, they end up in the bedroom, back in the bedroom. So at like the foot of the bed and Doug is beating Wayne up with his gun. And meanwhile, Chris, who's tied to the bed and sees these men come stumbling in, sees, you know, her husband's bleeding everywhere. 
So she gets, she's still tied to the bed, but she like pulls the rope as far as she can. And she is like kicking and punching and getting Wayne in whatever way that she can. And in the meantime, Doug is like bashing Wayne's head in with the, the end of his gun. Wayne ended up shooting back towards Doug and shot him in the leg, but then Wayne lost consciousness. So the Wellses, they called 911 and the police get there and both Wayne and Doug are rushed to the hospital. Doug recovered from his injuries, so yay, but Wayne died in the hospital, so yay, right? (laughs) (laughs) Double win, double win. (laughs) Right. So after Nance's death, authorities uncovered that this attempted slaying wasn't an isolated incident, and they linked Nance to the six other murders and, like, linked him to being the Missoula Mahler. Uh, Wayne Nance... I don't know if he, I think he's the only one, if not, he is one of the only ones for sure, uh, serial killers to be killed by a would-be victim. So that's the story of Chris and Doug Wells and how they kicked us and probably saved, like, if they hadn't done that, who knows how much, how many more he would have got, right? Yeah, because if you're going into 2021 and they still didn't know who he was or anything like that, right? right? Or know that that one, yeah, yeah, he just kept going on and on and doesn't seem like it was hard for him to pick up and move on and go to different towns and stuff. So yeah. Yeah. Good for them. Right. Okay. Also. Oh, sorry. <laughs> also, because nobody has written me a story. Well, they other than back at what episode what episode did I don't know, but it was Michelle and yeah. we thank her for it. Yeah. But okay. It's been a long time. That's it's all I'm saying. Um I think we actually did on episode ten. I think that was our episode ten special. Oh, that's right. But you're you're so right. Look at your memory. Anyways, um, I thought I'd steal a story off the internet, <laughs> and maybe some she is so desperate for stories, guys. Like she's gonna actually go out and try to survive something so she can tell a story. I don't like she's gonna get hit by a dump truck or something. Um, I just thought if I stole a story off the internet, maybe it would like inspire somebody else to send a story to me. So, Read away, baby. All right, this, this is, is your time. All right. This is a story somebody sent into the thought catalog, and I'm going to read it for you and pretend it's one of my listener stories. <laughs> okay. Back in the early 90s, a friend worked as a waiter in the city but lived in Forest Hills, Queens. My buddy was in his early 20s and had long brown hair. From behind in the dark, you could easily mistake him for a woman. He was walking home from the subway one night and a man rushed past him and he felt a searing pain in his neck. As the man turned back to face him, the man's look went from almost sexual gratification to utter fear. The man bolts and in a rush of adrenaline, my friend starts running after this man, but he couldn't catch him. He reaches up to his neck, realizes his throat has been cut open, so he holds the wound and walks home deeply in shock. Walks home. He walks home. He's in shock. He gets home, he's standing in the bathroom, and his dad walks in. The friend's white dress shirt is now a red dress shirt. The father grabs him, and they go to the emergency room. 37 stitches just missed the artery. Turns out this was a serial killer preying on young brunette women in the city, and my friend is the only person to survive an attack who could identify him. Based on his description, they finally catch the killer. My friend goes to court and testify, and the guy gets multiple life sentences. Wow. <laughs> right? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's my stolen listener story. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> you feel better now. I do a little. You feel vindicated. <laughs> I got to tell another listener story. Even if it wasn't mine or written to us, I could steal listener stories. Oh, I found so many. <laughs> <laughs> we have so many new listeners, guys. It's, it's really amazing. I don't know where they all came from. <laughs> we do have a new country, though, we didn't talk about. Yeah, because we talked about that later. Oh. Why you? 22 episodes. You know how this works yet? <laughs> okay, surprise. We have a new country. <laughs> okay, well, I guess we can get back into that a little later. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get back to that. Can I have my turn before we start getting into other parts of it? Oh, you want to turn? <laughs> I am going to write down how this whole podcast flows for you. I'm going to put a flow chart right in front of where you oh, sit. Oh, you know what? That's actually a really good idea. It probably is at this point. <laughs> You know, I thought, you know, maybe the first three episodes, you know, first six were, you know, we're working on how we're going to do it, how it's going to flow. By 22. Head injury. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, that's your survival story. Anyways, on to the part everybody's waiting for. The Darwin Awards. Here we go. Johnny is making a comeback. The song Kung Fu Fighting. Right. Was released. The original, anyways, in 1974. Really? Which, by the way, was right in the middle of the Kung Fu heyday era. Yes. For movies, and which is probably why that song was written. One of my favorite t-shirts says, surely not everybody was Kung Fu fighting. <laughs> you know what? In the 70s, everybody was. Everybody. Um. Yeah, so in 1970, the world was gripped by the Kung Fu craze. Uh, martial arts art films such as The King Boxer and probably more known Bruce Lee's Enter the Dragon right. brought the ancient Chinese martial art philosophy to the big screen. And everywhere else. And everywhere else. Um. Then when Lee died in 1973, right. um, it only served to heighten uh, the mystery and, and more about the form of oh, the fighting. Yeah. It's intriguing. Huh? Yeah. So now it got really, you know, because there was the whole, you know, Bruce Lee. Conspiracy theories. Well, legend and, you know, that, you know, he was, his whole family is possessed. And then, of course, right. you get into Brandon Lee and all that stuff. Right. right. Yeah. So it only heightened it, uh, the mystery around him and, and, and all that stuff. Uh, it was also used to kick off TV series like Kung Fu. Do you remember that one with David? Um, yeah. What was used to kick it off? Bruce Lee's. Well, Bruce Lee was there, but then the popularity of it, oh, they started doing so. It started, right, yeah. I, I, yeah, I guess, sorry. It brought it over to the Western civilization. Right. Civilization where we started, you know, Kung Fu, Kung Fu the Legend Continues. Right. And then you get into more, you know, modern movies with The Matrix, which was, you know, all about Kung Fu. And then yeah. you get into Kung Fu Panda. Like, it's just gone on and on, right? Like, yeah. the 70s was the height of it, and everybody was, but... You know, somewhere in there, Chuck Norris fits into all that stuff yeah. too. You know, karate, kung fu, all this stuff. Karate became, kid, all of it. Right. So, I mean, this is, I mean, what, Kung Fu Panda was, couldn't have been that long ago now, is it? I don't even know how long ago it was. I think it, 2008. It's in the 2000s. Yeah, 2008. So, I mean, it's it's still ongoing. There's still the kung fu stuff out yeah. there and still having fun with it and blah, blah, blah. And they actually remade the, the song Kung Fu, Everybody's Kung Fu Oh, fighting. I didn't know that. Yeah, it was remade uh, by a uk group i believe oh i don't know i didn't write any of this down i'm just going off my memory right but i'm probably right because i'm usually <laughs> right so anyways 
Uh, yeah, it took off like wildfire. So still to this day, there are nearly 3.5 million students enrolled in classes, and it brings in around $4 billion. Wow. It's also got now you got your UFC and your mixed martial arts and all that stuff right. that's been brought into it. And karate has now been put into the Olympics as well. So why so much about Kung Fu? Why so much? Well, that's because our Johnny was a Kung Fu master. Like for real though? No. Oh. No, no. He took a Kung Fu class. <laughs> yep, not at all. So in late 1989 in Australia, for our Australian friends, our Johnny was a rather impressionable student of Kung Fu. Johnny listened to his instructor and believed everything he said without question. Okay. <laughs> I guess we have to be careful around people like that. <laughs> After one training session, his teacher would say, Oh my God, that is so terrible. You're going to hell. <laughs> Which, for those of you that are just diverse in several languages as I am, <laughs> what? What? Carry on. What does it mean? It means, what does it mean? I forget what it means now. Oh, yes, here's what it means. It means at this level in your training, you can kill wild animals with your bare hands. That's what he told him after one lesson. Oh, so it's a couple lessons. Just tell him to set level he's at. And right, stuff like yes, that. okay. He took a couple lessons. I didn't say like one. I said a couple. Okay. And that's where his master thought he was at. Okay. Johnny took this as gospel. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Like gospel. So he, he didn't like say which kind of wild animals? No, no. He headed right down to the <laughs> Melbourne Zoo. Oh, no. Yep. And he was going to test his skill against the wildest of them all, the strongest, the scariest. That's right, a bunny rabbit. <laughs> Why did he go to the zoo for a bunny? He didn't. <laughs> I just like throwing some comedy in there every <laughs> once in a while. I'm watching you believe me. <laughs> I guess it is Darwin. Um, no, he went in and, uh, yeah, he, he went to the lion cage. Oh, no. So, yeah, in the dead of the night, he slipped into the zoo and leapt into the lion enclosure and engaged the king of the jungle in combat. So he just runs into a zoo, finds the lions. Pretty good ninja decides, skills, though. He slipped right in undetected. <laughs> and decides he's going to, like, go beat up a lion? Like, yeah. <laughs> what do you, What's wrong with that plan? <laughs> he was just told that he is. But he can why? Beat why why would that be okay and even if he even if he could why would he want to because he wants to test his ability i don't know you remember mr miyagi in the movie karate kid yeah and uh they're walking by it was karate kid too and he goes can you break a tree like that and mr Miyagi goes oh no never been attacked by a tree <laughs> maybe he wanted to know so if he got attacked by a lion <laughs> right? right because if you don't know you don't know right you only know what you know so oh, if you go into a lion's thing and you attack a lion and then you survive, you know. If you don't... Do we know how old this Johnny is? No. Okay. No, I, I don't know. Okay. I didn't think that was important to this story, but now you've made me wonder if it is important <laughs> to the story. He was old enough to know that he shouldn't be sneaking into a zoo, I right. can tell you that much. Yes. Uh, now, Johnny probably would have lost this fight even if it was one-on-one, -on -one. but he never got to try. His plan forgot a couple of things. One, 
like the joy the whole lion pride would find of oh having a new God. toy in there and a nice tender intruder oh no so yeah the whole pride went right after him that and would the be second like... thing at his fault was maybe his karate instructor didn't know what he was talking about <laughs> That would be a terrible way to die. Oh, wouldn't it though? Just being ripped and clawed and oh shredded. My God. Just, oh. I I just I really hope that it That's like that fast. in Jurassic Park when he goes to talk to that kid in the very first one, he goes, and the raptor comes out and don't expect them in front of you. They come side to yeah. side and yeah. they rip you with your claws. Yeah. Like Jesus. Yeah. And bite you. And you're gonna feel it. Like you're not gonna Oh, you totally would. Oh. Yeah. I just hope it would be fast, I guess. However, he did win a Kung Fu Darwin Award. Good for him. So he's got one, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> one trophy. And he's the master of Darwin Awards. I wonder how that instructor felt when he found out. Right? Yeah. I just told this guy he could do this, so then yeah. he goes and does it. Like, you got to yeah. really watch what yeah. you say sometimes, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. Well, uh, so... That's Darwin Award number one. All right, good job. As always, I give you a Darwin Award number two. Okay. So this next one, uh, I'm going to tell you a little. So Johnny number two was a huge roller coaster fan. Okay. And also happened to be a Harvard MBA. Okay. So I'm telling you this to show you that not all Darwin Award winners are dumb. No, this guy has obviously got some intelligence behind him. Uh, yes, yeah, sadly, her. Oh. Her. Well, you just her. Have, do you want to say that a couple more times? Her, 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 her. <laughs> Ivy League school, somewhere along the way, did not teach her. <laughs> Standing up on a roller coaster was dangerous. Okay. What do you mean okay? <laughs> like you would, th you would think that if you got into Harvard, you would know that standing up on a roller coaster is You would think not so, a yes. Like, I mean, standing up fully how? How did she get out of the bar? Well, in 2003, Johnny was visiting Holiday World and Splash and Safari in Indiana for their annual Stark Raven Mad Roller Coaster Fan Event, where you can come down and just ride the roller coasters. Okay. I'm just doing that here. Somebody wants voice acting. I can do it. Just so you know. <laughs> the spirited and intelligent Johnny was eager to try out the Raven, reputedly one of the most terrifying roller coasters in the world. The student was strapped into her. <laughs> her. Okay, we get the point. It's a woman. Seat at the rear of the car. But apparently, she unbuckled herself. How, though? I don't know, because maybe it was just like a wooden roller coaster where you don't get the straps over you and you just get the buckles on you. That's what I'm guessing. I haven't I ridden guess. the Raven. I guess I gotta I go guess. to Indiana and I'll tell you. I don't I'm know. Sure the Raven doesn't exist anymore. Or uh, if it does, it probably has some advanced security features. <laughs> yeah, like the locks don't <laughs> yeah. be, have to have a stick or something yeah. to get them open, right? Um unbuckled herself and then standing during the ride. It was a practice known as catching airtime. Witnesses reported that Johnny was virtually standing up in the roller coaster. Oh, my God. Sadly, sadly, the student caught a little too much air during the roller coaster's fifth turn and plummeted 69 feet to the ground. I think I've had a dream like that before. <laughs> she was pronounced dead on the way oh to the no. hospital. So, oh, no. Yeah. Ride malfunctions and freak accidents on uh, for and passengers ignoring rules uh, at amusement parks are... Um, 
they happen and when they do happen they happen it, it's a lot of tragedy tragedy right. but surprisingly enough when i was looking it up uh only about there's only there are roughly only about thirty thousand amusement park injuries uh, a year and only a handful have resulted in death and that number is actually out of the like the number of death right was out of the last decade there's oh, only really? been a handful. Well, so there's when they do so many security features that are supposed to be implemented to prevent that kind of thing, right? Like yeah, so most of us can expect a day at the theme park to be fun and entertaining, and there are risks to riding the rides. And I think that's some of the, I think that is actually something, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's yeah, scary. You, there's that right. you know, you thought that you know might die, might, oh, but you think all that safety stuff's there, but yeah, once in a while, like, it just doesn't happen, right? But I thought, um, you know, Roller coaster season is starting to come up in Canada. Now we're starting to get a little warmer. I'm sure people have been, you know, they haven't had the thrill rides for a couple of years right. now with everything going on. And as you stated at the very beginning, see how I brought this full <laughs> oh, circle? Yeah. Full circle, <laughs> full right circle. back to the beginning. Like you planned it. Like I planned it without even knowing. <laughs> it's like I fed you what I wanted you to say, reeled you in, and then let you spew it out. Carrying on. Oh, yes. Uh, getting back. So... Make sure that you are uh, following the rules. There's a lot of other things. It's things like um, people like, I'm going to sneak my cell phone on and I'm going to take a picture and then the cell phone comes out and smacks people in the head because they drop it. Yeah. You know, it's injuries like that that can be avoided. And you got to remember, you're not the only one on that roller coaster, right? Yeah, because so, chances are if you lose your cell phone, it's not going to hit you. It's going to hit the person behind you. Well, that's the thing, right? So you got to follow the rules and, and, you know, make sure that, you know, you're checking everything, even that you're locked in properly because believe it or not, so this is March 24th, 2022 Okay. at Icon Park. Uh, so this is really recent. Yeah, like two weeks ago. Yeah, a 14-year-old boy fell to his death while riding the Orlando Free Fall. So somehow the locking mechanism failed. It's still under investigation oh. right now. Oh, so, that's scary. Yeah, so I mean, make sure you're checking your safety stuff. Make sure you're not putting your knees up. I know I used to do that. As a, I would yeah. raise it up a little bit so you can bounce yeah, up. Yeah, because they not, put it I mean, so tight. Yeah, and you, and you want a little more, and I'm a little bit of a taller guy, and I'm like, it kind of hurt a little bit, and you don't want to be on the ride, but yeah. I get it, but, and I mean, it's still just nice to know that it's actually locking in and stuff, you know, give it a little test and let the, let the uh, ride specialists, the attendants, the attendants take care of that for you, right, and uh, make sure that you have a fun, safe summer with things coming up, and that, that way you can listen to all of our podcasts. Yeah, we can't lose any listeners. Yeah, we've got so little. <laughs> But with that, segue into call to action. Call to action. Look at that, eh? Just bang, bang, bang. Uh, actually, we've done really well this week. So thank you. Thank you we very did. much. Our, yes, uh, our listen levels have gone way up. Yep. Um, still haven't hit our 72. So if you have any but extra friends. We got a lot there, closer. We got a lot. Yeah. We really did. So we thank you. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Sincerely. Yeah. Sincerely. We are um, glad that you're listening. We hope that you're enjoying it. Um, any comments, feedback, stories, so my wife will stop stealing them. You can send them. We do I'll have just, an email. I will. The email is deadersurvivepodcast at gmail.com. Because she's going to start sending these stories to herself, saying that somebody sent them to her. I know where she's going to go with this. <laughs> when she's about five summer bees back in, she'll be like, it's mine. No, no, I'm, this, was, this was Julie. You remember Julie <laughs> from college. Julie from college. You never met her. Shut up, Rob. <laughs> That's where this is going to go. Uh, you can also check out on Facebook, and like I said, we are getting more uh, going to be more interactive on there. We have yeah, some ideas. We, we are going to get stuff. on that. Oh, we have some more ideas. We have some yeah. ideas out there, and we're going to put them on. We yeah. just have to. We got some we little bit of time it. coming up, so we can start ar arranging things. I want to put out decent quality. It may not be real good quality, but something that's. <laughs> yeah. 
And uh, we, so we, uh, we will be uh, updating our, hopefully, give us two weeks and we should have our Instagram up. We should have our merch up and running and we should have more Facebook stuff going. Yes. Because my wife's going to have some time off, so I've got a list for stuff she has to do. <laughs> you have time off too, so you can do stuff too. I'm going to walk the dogs. <laughs> The dogs need walking. They do, indeed. So that's what I'm going to do. Uh, and uh, we've got a new country with us, as mentioned uh, earlier in the podcast. So uh, yay. yeah, when I like let the cat out of the bag. Yay to <laughs> Brazil. I still think we answered that last week, didn't we? No, who's no, last week? Last week was Nigeria and Spain. Spain. Oh Spain. my God, we're getting so many new countries. That's so yeah. awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Um, and I, yeah, I can't really thank you anymore, but all those exciting things are coming up. So wait for us. Maybe a big 25 uh, episode announcement. Oh, you know? yeah. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's when it's going to happen. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I could. So uh -huh. I know what this part is. Oh, do you remember this part? I, I was waiting to it. see or if you're just going to be like, bye. <laughs> I remembered. You remember? I'm so proud of myself when I remember things. <laughs> you have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for dad jokes. Dad jokes. What do you get from short cows? Skim milk. Condensed milk. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one, actually. That one's cute. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, from Dead or Survive, from Rob, thank you so much for listening. Appreciate it. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye.